You are listening to the Taking the Leap podcast with me, your host, Rachel G. Scott. This podcast is dedicated to inspiring you to take bold leaps of faith as we hear the powerful stories of both men and women from different industries and walks of life who obey God and took risks in exchange for heaven's rewards. As you listen, my hope is that their stories will give you the confidence you need to trust God as he leads you to your next leap. Now, let's learn a little about our next guest. Today, Rachel is speaking with Billy Hallowell. He is a journalist, commentator, and digital TV host who has covered thousands of the biggest faith and cultural stories. In 2002, Hallowell founded the Columbine Survivor and Peace Project. He is also the former director of content and communications at PureFlix and the faith and cultural editor at The Blaze. Currently, he is a journalist and host with CBN News and Faithwire. Billy shares with us how he got involved in journalism the struggle of wanting to pursue things for God, but becoming distracted by pursuing things for ourselves, and how talking about taboo and difficult topics gives us an opening to speak God's life and light into someone else's life. If you're curious about how you can look at life and events through a faith lens, then this episode is for you. Now let's jump in. Well, Billy, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes. You know, I have been watching you for quite some time. Uh, you, you don't know that because you don't know who's watching you on social media, right? So I know some things about you, but I would love if you could introduce yourself to my listeners. Sure. Yeah. So I am a, I'm a digital host. I'm a journalist. Um, and I've been working in the faith space in media now for, for a really long time, uh, which we could talk about. It was not my initial intention to go. I've been a lifelong Christian, but to go into sort of faith media. Um, but I work right now for CBN News, Christian Broadcasting Network. I'm a digital host there and really spend a lot of my days looking at what's going on in the world around us through a faith lens. How do we deal with the mass shootings and all of these news events? You know, how do we process them? And so that's my day to day. And, you know, I host a number of podcasts and um, I think I five podcasts right now and they're all on different topics. But within this cultural realm, I've been really kind of obsessed and consumed. And I think it's a passion from God kind of looking at where is our culture? How did we get here? And how are we going to move forward from here? I love that. That's so good. And it's so needed right now to have a faith perspective when it comes to those things. I mean, when we eliminate that, we're eliminating some of the most important components for us to get over the hurdle of it. So I love that. Now, take me back to life prior to that. And how did you become involved in in this because you said originally you weren't necessarily looking to go into that. So how did it come about? So I, it's a little bit of a long story, but I'll try to shorten it down and give you kind of the the, the nuts and the bolts. And I love what you said, by the way, about faith being the core, because it's almost like we're building houses and bridges with no nuts and bolts right now, like cultures doing this. And we could talk about that, but you know, when I was 15 years old, I'm 38 now. So just for context, Um, When I was 15, there was a horrible event, the Columbine shooting that happened. And I lived in New York. I didn't live anywhere near Colorado, but I was homesick from school. I'll never forget watching on TV as these kids are fleeing their school. And as a freshman in high school at the time, I'm thinking, wow, this could happen in my school. This could happen anywhere. And I, like I said, I grew up in a Christian home, but I started really sort of looking at a number of key issues as a teenager and saying, well, what could I do? What can I do to try to help you know, stop something like this in, in my community. And so I was sort of led into starting this website called Teen Web Online. And I laugh about that name now. 
But this is back in 1999 when the internet was still relatively new. It was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what I, there were no blogs that didn't exist. And but the purpose of this website was to fight, you know, teen violence like what we saw at Columbine and discrimination, which is something that obviously has been a major issue and continues to be. And so that project really was a starting point. It's kind of crazy because I started it on my own, wanted to start a TV show locally and had no idea what I was doing. Um, and this amazing producer you know, came alongside me and encouraged me to keep working on the website. And flash forward, by the time I was 18, I was connected with an organization called Shine and they offered me a column and I started writing. You know, and I was trying to figure out, I knew I wanted to be a journalist at that point. Um, but you know, what does that look like when you're a teenager, right? And I had all these great opportunities coming, but trying to figure that that out. And so I started becoming really interested in politics. And God has a funny way of sort of taking our interests and you know moving them in the direction, especially when we trust him where he wants us to go. Go, yes. And <laughs> exactly, right? So I worked for a long time um, in different jobs and then on the side was doing a lot of media. And so I would go to Fox News and I would have these debates. And it was interesting because I was entering into this world of media and it was an interesting world because you were sort of rewarded for arguing and fighting, right? You were rewarded for showing up and debating somebody on the air. And I started to eventually feel convicted about that. And it's interesting because I, I took a job at a website called The Blaze. And The Blaze is still around, but this is when it was first starting. And I wanted a politics job. I was like, I want to you know, talk about conservative politics or whatever at the right. time. And when I went to go for the interview, they said to me, well, what about the faith editor role? And here I am, you know, relatively young still. I was in my mid-20s. You know, and I'm thinking, gosh, you know, I don't know if I want to do the faith editor role. I want to do a political role. And I said yes to the faith role, though. And it was the most amazing opportunity. It brought me into this world of being able to tell these incredible stories of faith. So I won't go much further than that. But that was sort of the this interesting project at age 15 that catapulted me into into media. I love that. Now, prior to that moment, did you already feel like you had this nudging or you were already kind of drawn to that kind of content? And that was kind of the stick in the ground or the stake in the ground. This is what I want to contribute to the world. Yeah, I love that you asked that because when I was a little kid, I would create newspapers at school. Like I'd get my friends together. We would. Do, I always had this passion for it. And I didn't really know where it was coming from. At the time, I believe firmly that you know God gives us those passions many times when we're young. And so even before that event, that Columbine event, I had known that media and sort of entertainment even, that these were areas that I had an attraction to for some reason. And I couldn't quite figure that out. I always knew, and this is crazy, I lived in Rochester, New York, which is six hours away from New York City. I had never been in New York City, but I knew that I was going to end up there. And I ended up going to college in, in New York City, and I still live in the area, you know, for 20 years now. So it's just, it's interesting, those things in our hearts. And again, a lot of times we are going towards, like we are sprinting towards something that we want. And the unfortunate thing sometimes is that we might be sprinting towards something that's not meant for us, right? And wouldn't life be so much easier if we just kind of, if we said to God, what do you want for me? And then we ran in that direction. So I spent a lot of time running in the wrong direction, but I ended up exactly where he wanted me to be. I love that question. And I can admit I had a moment when I went to pursue my master's and I, it was so hard. I'm like, why am I having such a hard time with his master's? And I remember feeling like God said, I didn't tell you to do this. Like, you did this because it felt like the next best thing for you to do. I have my bachelor's, go get your master's, what you're supposed to do. He was like, well, I didn't tell you to do that, but I'm going to grace you through it. And it's going to get a little bit easier, but I just needed you to know 
uh, I didn't, I didn't give you that. <laughs> right. Isn't that crazy though? It and, is. and I, and then you do it and it's for me because I apparently don't learn my lesson. I've done it again and again, and you could yeah. easily like you learn your lesson. And then a year later, it's, it's so easy because we get so distracted by the things around us. Right. And I will fully admit that the thing about media, one of the things, I mean, I loved information and spreading it was, and, th- and this is almost embarrassing to admit, but I've talked a lot about it, wanting the attention for myself, wanting to make a name for myself, caring so much about what everyone else thought. And I'm going to prove this person wrong and I'm going to go and you know do this. And you know the, the weird fame of it that comes with some media, that was something that I was chasing for a really long time, admittedly until eight years ago, probably until I really woke up, you know, and realized it's not about me. <laughs> I actually really love that you said that because in the culture we're in right now, where everything is about being a social media influencer, having all of these likes and followers, I feel like that is probably the struggle of the time. And it makes me think about when Jesus um, was supposed, well, where he, when he was invited to go into town with his brothers and they were like, come on, everyone needs to know who you are. You know, it's time for you to go out. And he was like, no, it's, it's not time for me yet. His brothers were like, come on, no, it's time for you to, for people to see all the things you are, if you are who you really, and he's like, no, it's not time yet. And having that stance of knowing when we're supposed to be moved to the front, when we're supposed to be moved back, but also that humility moment of saying, I'm getting all these great opportunities and not taking it and saying, me, me, me. So I just love the authenticity of you sharing that because we do have to find that balance of, okay, I'm pursuing these things. I'm getting this recognition, but only what we do for Christ will last, right? And I, I feel yeah. like you came, you, you came to that point eight years ago. So what was the moment, what moment shifted that for you? You know, I think it's been a lot of, a lot of moments. I mean, there've been a number of things and I shared this story uh, recently. Yeah. There, there was a story I had covered and it was about people, right? Most stories are about people. And it's so easy when you're writing these stories to forget that you're writing about human beings. And so I wrote the story and I, and I didn't, I mean, I gave the facts. And somebody who was in the story reached out to me and they were like, this story is really hurtful to me because when people Google me, they're finding my name. And it wasn't like it was a crime or anything like that. It was it was a situation where you're like, did the world need to know this story? Maybe, maybe not, you know, and and so I don't remember all the details of it, but that was a moment for me where I thought, huh, this actually has an impact on other people. And so when you're chasing something and not thinking about the impact on other people, I also, you know, have, I have two kids. I have a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. And when my nine-year-old was born, I, my priorities, like just the stress of like, I have to get up and write stories and I have to do this and I have to do interviews. And, you know, you become sort of consumed by that. And so I started to realize some of these things and then had to make some tough decisions even um, about moving media careers and going other places, knowing that, you know, if I leave a certain place, I'm going to lose a platform. But if that's what God wants me to do, I have to do it. So there were a lot of moments along along the way. And I think now I'm not perfect. You still have those moments you can get drawn back in. I really, anything I'm doing, I want to make sure I'm doing it because God wants me to do it, not because there's a paycheck for it or because there's going to be. And so I have to say, once you start following that, things really do come together so much easier and better because you're in line with his will, not your own. That's so good. And you mentioned something I kind of wanted to lean into, which is that transitional moment. When you go from one career to the next career, you've had many different good opportunities. So how do you gauge one good opportunity from the next good opportunity that you should take? 
Yeah, that and that's really hard. I mean, I felt back in October, and I've not really shared that. I felt like, you know, I was working at a, I had left media a little bit. I was still doing things, you know. I was doing lots of projects, working for the first, doing video. But I had kind of moved into an entertainment company where I was working. And it was a really beautiful break from the chaos of the, of the 2016 election, the 2020 election. And so I was doing that job and I really just felt unsettled. And I felt like I was really burnt out from writing eight stories a day or whatever, you know, and, and I went into this role, but I don't feel settled. Like, God, do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? And it was crazy because this is that journey we were talking about, right? Like the old me would have never even asked the question. I would have been looking for jobs and applying. Right. And so I, I said the prayer and it was the craziest thing. There was this one week period and this never happens, right? Where I had three opportunities where people came to me as I'm praying and they were saying, and they were all really amazing opportunities. And I'm like this, and then it's like, well, what am I going to do? It was very clear to me after praying that it was time to move on. And so, you know, then it's like, well, what am I going to do? Where do I go? And that's when you really dig into relying on God. So I have really been taking things and saying, what do you want me to do? Use me how you want to use me. And that's a dangerous and scary prayer. And we talk about this a lot as Christians, but yet doing it is another thing. And so I ended up back where I used to work at Faithwire and CBN News. I ended up back here at CBN News and it's been amazing. And it's, you know, so I'm back in the crazy news cycle again, but I feel way more equipped. I think God sometimes takes us out of situations, gives us what we need, and then maybe puts us back in. And so it's been really great. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, you know. Yeah, that, that was good. Journey. That was perfect. Because I think transition can be difficult to navigate and knowing what decision is best. And we, we forget to invite God into that. I mean, I wish I could say every decision I've made, I'm like, Lord, what is your will? But over time of doing Rachel's will, I'm like, Lord, what is your will? <laughs> because I don't, I, don't, I don't have a lot of time to keep messing up. I need, I need to you know, make sure yeah. I'm doing the right thing. Thank you so much for listening. I want to pause for a quick moment to tell you about two extremely valuable resources I've developed specifically with you in mind. If you are feeling called to take a leap of faith, be it to move to a new geographical relocation, to start a business, to stay on your job, but to write your book or to start a ministry or to transition, but you are unsure, even afraid to move forward, then you'll want to grab these resources. The first one is a five leaps quick guide. And within it, you will find help as you identify which leap God is calling you to make and tools for you as you prepare, plan and execute that leap. The next one is the five leaps, five week mentoring. If you are serious about this leap, but you know you cannot do it alone, you are not alone. I want to walk with you. So for five weeks, we'll work together as you prepare for the plan that God is calling you to execute. You can find both of these resources by visiting the five leaps.com. Thank you so much. Now let's get back started with this episode. Now I want to talk a little bit just about journalism as a whole, because that is you know, we see different components of it, but can you just tell us a little bit about that industry and how you um, combine your faith into that? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. One of the things that I found most troubling about media, and this is a whole other conversation probably, but you know, the, the way that you're taught in journalism, and maybe some people weren't taught this way, it's the way that I was taught. You know, you don't have an opinion. Nobody ever has an opinion. You st- but the reality, the troubling thing is we all have opinions. We all have perspectives. As Christians, the entire world is being seen through a Christian lens. This idea, I'm way more comfortable, let me put it this way, knowing where people stand and then reading their work than I am with people claiming that they don't have any bias whatsoever 
and yet they do, and they're doing right. everything through a lens, but they, not only are they not being open about it, they're not even aware of what their, their lens is, right? And that, and so that doesn't matter if you're a liberal or you're a conservative or you're a Christian or you're an atheist, those are all worldviews. And I think we've really gotten away from talking about worldview because it impacts absolutely everything from, in journalism, not just how you cover things, but what stories you're willing to cover and what ones you're not. Because guess what? There are lots of stories I'm not really willing to cover. And I'm open about that. And I think that's fine. But we've moved into this place where everything is very hyper-partisan and very hyper-divided. And so one of the hard things is that people really have to sort of look at everything to find out what's really going on. And that's a challenge because who has time to do that, right? So now that's the negative. The positive is that everybody can really like do media. I mean, we live in this crazy world where it's like everybody can do, you know, podcasts and social media and have an impact. And so I do think it's easy to get jaded by all of it. But as Christians recognizing we have platforms here and I'm not saying I do it all perfectly all the time. There are things I've tweeted or said where I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that, you know, but I do try to be authentic about where I am. And I know there are a lot of journalists that are going to cringe at this because they're going to say, again, you know, be white as snow. You don't have any opinion. You know, it's like that's not reality. And I think we're watching this happen with Fox News and MSNBC and CNN. And everyone's looking at these outlets and they're, they know where they're coming from. And it's like there's a lot of debate about that. I think there's some elements of that that are negative and some that are good. I want to know where people are coming from. I want to understand that. And, and I want to know where Christians are coming from. Right. And the lens in which they're presenting it. I love that perspective of it because it, it can get so tainted along the way of, OK, this is what you're saying. But what I see is this. And that's why I think having that faith based component and allowing them, allowing you to look through that faith based worldview okay, whatever I present is going to be from my perspective of this faith-based component. So now looking back, you feel like I'm glad that this is the opportunity that I was given versus where I wanted to go? Absolutely. Because here's, and here's the thing that I think is so important in that conversation and where this does, where it gets dangerous in the media is if you're going to withhold truth in order to put your perspective out. And that is the problem in 90% of these cases because one of the outlets I mentioned, they might not mention the truth for me, it's always been, I'm going to give it through a Christian lens. And I might tell you on social media what I believe about something, but if I'm covering a story, I'm not going to leave a detail out, even if it's not favorable to the worldview that I have. If you're covering the Southern Baptist Convention, sex abuse, I'm not, I'm not a Southern Baptist, but you know, sex abuse report, are you going to do that fairly and with facts? Or are you going to, no, you can't hide the facts. As Christians, we are called to the truth. And that has to be the baseline of everything. And that's the real problem in media today is that people, they don't hold to the truth enough, regardless of how they're presenting it. But I, I am so glad to have gone down this path. And I'm excited to see kind of what the next, you know, one of the things that God doors God has opened has been writing books. And I don't do it a lot. But if God gives me a topic, then I will do it. And writing on tough topics that the church might not want to talk about, or that maybe Christians avoid or, or the world. I mean, there's some things, look, the world is talking about some Christian topics more than Christians are. And that's that's a problem. So, we, yes, I'm telling you, your um your most recent book is playing with fire. And that is definitely a topic that people are like, no, we're not going to talk about that. But it is a topic that we live with every single day and we are dealing with on a regular basis, whether we want to be involved in it or not. We are involved. in it. And I love that you you approach that topic. Right. What was kind of the response to that? So, you know, whenever you write, a book, whenever you write anything, whether it's a book or anything on, on demons and exorcism and 
ghosts, and I'll put that in quotes, you know, that people are going to look like weird at you. And, and I knew that. And this was one of those faith moments because I did not want to write that book. I'm going to be honest with you. I did not want to write it initially. I actually said no to it at first because I wasn't in a good faith space when I was first asked to do it. And I won't go through all the details, but God literally like knocked on the door through another publisher and was like, you're going to, here's a book deal to write this book that you didn't fill a proposal out for. Like, that's how crazy wow. it was. I mean, and, and it was one of those things where I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to wake up and do quiet time every morning. I'm going to pray every day. And it transformed my faith. So we, at the end of the day, if nobody ever read that book, it was like, for me, it was such an eye-opening thing because the thing that you're talking about that we're dealing with every day is the existence of evil. It exists in our world. We are watching it. It manifests in division, in hatred, in the enemy trying to get us to hate each other. To I mean, it's just insane what is going on in our world right now. Um, and a lot of Christians get sucked it up into that because I believe a lot of churches don't talk about this. I mean, Ephesians 6 is the most eye-opening scripture to me. We are in a battle between good and evil. It's not a battle between flesh and blood. Like we're all fighting each other. And there's something spiritually going on. So the reaction to it was actually really positive. I have to tell you, I was cautious about, I mean, look, paranormal people are going to want to talk about this stuff. You, As a Christian, you have to talk about it from a Christian perspective. So there were podcasts I went on that I was like, I don't know, but I didn't compromise. I mean, this is what I believe. I think what you guys are doing is dangerous. You shouldn't be messing with this stuff. And the, the so the reaction was really positive because I believe there are a lot of people in and outside of the church, and we know this from polling, who believe in this and they they want to understand it. And, and the last thing I'll say, because I could go on and on about this, is that Hollywood, when I said the world is, they are churning out movies about this stuff Absolutely. endlessly. Why is the church not talking about it? It's our topic. Why do they own it? You know, so anyway. Oh, that's so, I'm telling you, I was talking to actually my hairstylist recently, and we had a great conversation about God. I was able to give her a Bible. But she mentioned that she was like, you know, what does it mean when when people say this or, you know, I've seen people doing this and I had the opportunity to, to go to scripture and say, look, you don't want to mess with that. That's what this means. So the reality of it is if we're not talking about it, we're also not giving a platform for people who have questions about it to come to us. So where do they go? They go to the side that's talking about it. So we have to be very mindful yeah. about what we're excluding from our conversations and because we're, we're afraid to talk about it. Well, yeah. And it's interesting. I'll, I'll tell you that one of the things that struck me were the number of people who were in non-denominational churches, they were struggling with these issues and they literally did not know where to go. They would go to their church and the pastor would be like, I can't help you, which is just insane to me. And then they go to the Catholic church or they go, yep. so they go where there's a structure and where people are talking about it. And, and then the other side of that, Right now, we know that 51%, and I can't even believe, I keep going back to look at these numbers because they seem insane to me, 51% of 13 to 25-year-olds are using tarot cards. They're used, I mean, they're, that's more than half of young people. This should be alarming to all of us. And yet a lot of us are just like, oh, you know, let's not talk about it because it's weird. You know? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, could, I could say so much about this. Okay. This is the last thing I'm going to say about it. I was talking to someone um, in church one time and she was mentioning how her daughter was having some experience at school. But we were in like a, a church where the Holy Spirit is allowed to, you know, operate and things like that. And she was like, I feel like this is too much. I said, okay, well, the issue with that is that your daughter's already experiencing the other side of that. And yep. she does not have anything on the spirit, the, the, the Christ centers lens to look at. And so this is what she's going to accept as normal. 
but you avoiding the conversation is not avoiding the, the, the evidence of it being real. So we have to talk. I love that you wrote on that. We have to talk about it and we have to equip our kids for it because they are encountering. I walked into the store the other day and the, the whole book section, that's all it was. Tarot cards, reading and all the things like, and Isn't I'm like, that crazy? I how mean, are we avoiding this? I don't, I'm telling you it is coming and it's coming in fast because we have pushed God out. That's the interesting thing, right? The sad thing, you know, everybody's like, we don't need God. We don't, well, you need something because suddenly you're all interested in this stuff. So clearly there's something missing that you're trying to fill. And you're doing it with very dangerous stuff. I mean, McDonald's, I don't know if you saw McDonald's. I saw that. They're doing, I mean, they brought in like a, a tarot card reader yeah. and they were giving it away to people. So this is so embedded in the culture and it's going to get a lot worse, I think, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Okay. So as we wrap up, I do want to ask you this question because writing a book and doing journalism are two different things. How did you go about that process? Yeah, you know, it was really interesting. I tried to treat writing the first book that I wrote. And I look back now, it was a book on the end times and it was so complicated. And I remember thinking repeatedly, how am I going to do this project? Because everybody believes something different in the Christian world about the end times and I want to bring it all together. Um, I tried to treat it like individual articles. Like that's how I approach it. So every chapter was a different article and they were long articles and I would build them out and I would try to reconnect them. You know, I am not somebody who is going to churn out a book every year. Uh, 10 years ago, I would have, you know, because I would have felt like this is going to get my name out there. Now I, I don't care about that. I want it to be something that is going to authentically help people in the church mainly and outside the church, but really in the church, understand these topics and think about them more. So that's kind of how I approach it. And even right now, I've got probably three or four different ideas that I've talked to people about, but I'm not really sure. And I'm kind of praying through. Um, and one of them is a follow up to playing with fire on some of these other topics that, you know, like what we just talked about. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a process to write a book. It's one of the hardest things, honestly, that I've ever done. And every time when you finish, you're like, okay, never again. And then you, you know, and then you wait and see, like, is God going to open another door? So if I never wrote another book again, I'd be okay with that. But if I did, I'd be okay with that too. <laughs> I love that. And I, you know, I thank you for sharing because I know there are people who the book journey, everyone's like the book, the book, the book. And it's a journey, but also you still had your, your traditional, like the industry that you're in as a journalist. So you were balancing both of those things, but the book was a task, but here's the key is you felt like this is what God was leading you to do. And so as you are doing the thing that he has gifted you to do, you're doing what he was leading you to do. And I love how you showed the balance between those two things. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's important you. for everybody. Yes. Yes. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Um, I want to ask one last question. What is your next leap? So my next leap is to dig deeper in, and I know this is probably a little more, a little stranger than what you want, but to dig deeper in to trust. Because even though I've been doing it, I want to dig even deeper into it. And so I would love to dive into another book. I'd love that to be the next, the next leap, but I'm really going to leave it to God. you know. And I think the last six months have shown me that trust is so important. And the move that I made back to CBN was so helpful to me in seeing that process. So my next, it's not even specific. It's just to lean into trust more and fully and every day to wake up and say, where do you want me? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to speak with today? And, and really kind of move from there. I love that. And we didn't get to dive into that move back to CBN, but I think that it sounds like was a, a God led move where you yes. knew this is where I'm supposed to go. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when you're in a place where it's a, it could be a great place, but you feel like 
I don't know, do I fully fit in this? Like, and so when you're in that, and I think God puts us there sometimes, right? And you can do great things there, but you're like, I'm missing something. And I think when he's built us to do something, he wants us to do that thing. And so I got that rest I really needed for three years. And then I think it was time to go back and do it. And I came back feeling really, you know, it's hard, like when you're covering shootings and these horrible events, but I really came back feeling prepared to do it and really excited to do it. And so it was absolutely a God move. And, you know, I would encourage people to go to CBN News um, and Faithwire. I also work with Faithwire, which is part of CBN. And uh, we've got a daily podcast coming uh, that relaunches next week. And so I'm excited about that. And yeah, a lot of really great things. Oh, that's so good. Okay. So you did mention the things I was going to ask you, which is how can people connect with you? But real quick, you said something that I feel like is very significant, which is just that component of being led by God into that and having that moment of rest before he takes you into this like thing. But I want to, I want to ask you this last question. I promise it's the last one. Oh, I don't mind. I'm having fun. I so. love this. How do you renew your spirit after you, after you have to cover those difficult things? Prayer and a lot of journaling and a lot of processing and talking about things. You know, I think for me, one of the things, and this is related, but it may seem a little more general, but you know, like when, when these events happen right now, the country is fighting about gun control. Do we need more gun control? Do we need less gun control? What's really the problem? You know, I feel like as Christians, we often get stuck in a label that we've, we've joined a Republican party or the Democratic party, and that's where we're operating from. But we have to take a step back. And I like to do this, even as I'm looking at these things and say, okay, God, like, what is the answer to this? And maybe it's not simple, but let me not approach it with a lens right away. Let me pull back and, and really look at all of this. And so I spend a lot of time doing that. And we actually, as a staff, spend a lot of time talking and debating even amongst ourselves about these things because we all have different personal views, right? And trying to understand, well, like, is there, if there's a gun control law, if that could prevent something, should that be looked at? Sure. We know there's a heart problem. like, And that's something that has to be talked about and it's not getting enough coverage anywhere else. So how do we advance that? So for me, it's really processing through the the deeper parts of it that actually helps me and then reminds us that God is in control and that we have free will. And there are going to be people who are going to use that for horrible things, but it points us back to our need for, for Jesus really. Oh, so good. Okay. Well, this officially (laughs) will be the wrap up. So if you could just tell them where they can find you. Absolutely. Um, You could find me at billyhollowell.com, which is where I have Uh, most of the podcast content that's coming out, including the Playing With Fire podcast, which based on the book, there's a podcast and we explore a lot of these spiritual issues. And so billyhollowell.com and also cbnnews.com and faithwire.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoy what you heard and you're even more encouraged to trust God with your next week. Before you go, I want to invite you to visit thefiveleaks.com to learn more about upcoming guests, get helpful resources to help you prepare to take your next leap, and join the Taking the Leap membership community. And don't forget to text PODCAST to 216-279-7174 for weekly reminders and more personalized leap support. Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, God can do more with our willingness than he could ever do with our worthiness.